my friends, and welcome to another episode of the J.D. Rucker Show. I'm your host, J.D. Rucker, and it's it's the the last day of the work week. We're heading into the weekend, and I think everybody is excited because it's been a heck of a week, has it not? It's been absolutely crazy. You know, Fridays are always the craziest for me uh, because it's the weekday. You know, I operate the, the Liberty Daily on the weekends. I am the editor over there. And Fridays are the weekday that I operate it, so I have to wake up over here on the on the uh, on the communist West Coast. I have to to wake up sometimes at at one or two in the morning to get ready for the show and still be able to get top stories up and running over at thelibertydaily.com because you never want to start the day off with the the stories from the previous day, right? You know, we, we got to get the good stuff up. So, so it's, it's always a fun day. If I sound a little groggy, uh, it's because I am. And that, that's just, that's just how Fridays are going to go. Uh, so we're very excited to be here on WWCR talk radio, shortwave radio. It's amazing. Yeah. I've, I've said it many times and I'll say it every single day, uh, going forward <laughs> as much as I can. And it's really for the audience over at Rumble or Brighteon, BitChute, Apple Podcast or whatever. If you're not listening on shortwave yet, if you are not, not involved in, in shortwave or at the very least, if you don't have a shortwave radio, it's time to get one. And keep in mind, I don't work for shortwave. I don't have a, a shortwave radio sponsor unless somebody wants to, to, uh, <laughs> contact us and, 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 uh, pay us to promote it. But I'm going to promote it anyway because as I say, shortwave is the past, but shortwave is in my humble opinion also the very likely future when it comes time for, for things to go crazy. When the crap starts hitting the fan, it'll be the people that are, that are, Listening on shortwave, understanding how it works, knowing where all the frequencies are and all that stuff that they need. Those are the people that are going to be most informed when there are, who knows, atmospheric challenges or martial law or radio stations being taken over, which, by the way, they're already being taken over. One of the reasons that I've uh, been very adamant against going on most radio stations is uh, as far as AM and FM is because of the the uh we'll we'll say ideological control that major stations have you know I did a very long and it was a a very detailed interview and and basically they had a team that went back this is a a major AM station one that that has far reach and, and great syndication they had their team go way back way back listening to all of my old podcasts, all of my old shows. They wanted to to do a a morning show and they came back with me and they said, We love it. Everything's great. Here are here's a list of things that you can't talk about. <laughs> I'm just, I mean I literally this that sound that you just heard, that laughter, that's exactly what came out of my mouth. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I was talking about anything criminal or crazy or anything like that. I was talking about, you know, those things that, that they don't want you talking about necessarily on popular AM or FM radio, such as voter fraud or or the COVID jabs or, or anything like that. You know, it's like, eh, you know, we, we'd rather you just talk, focus on like on like your standard conservative politics. There's still, you know, you can still talk about the border. You can still talk about about Social Security and all this other stuff. And it's like, uh. Well, yeah, but I mean, isn't that what everybody else is already talking about? Don't you have enough of that 
on your AM and FM radio stations. And they're like, no, you know, you can never have enough. We want. <laughs> I, I actually asked. I said, so you want, you want to make sure that your audiences are focused on the, the mainstream topics, the, you will call it the, the GOP uh, establishment topics. You don't want them thinking about, talking about, exploring any of the, the topics that are, I guess you could say, taboo. And uh, they're basically, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. And they started throwing stuff out about how they have to stay compliant and how they have to, how they have to, to cater to the broader audience. And I said, yeah. Okay, you, you all, you all do that. I'm gonna go go over here to WWCR and get on shortwave and and reach reach. Uh, I guess you could say more enlightened people. We'll we'll just we'll just say that. If you are listening or watching on Rumble or Brighteon, Bitshoot, Apple Podcast, any of the standard digital places where we also play the replay of the show. You can always listen live, 5 a.m., Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, frequencies 7490 kilohertz and 13845 kilohertz. That will, that will get you with me and you'll be able to listen live. Now we're, we're going to try. We are going to definitely try to put the show live and, and back on straight up video, hopefully next week. Yeah, right now, if you are watching the quote unquote watching, since there's nothing there, but, but listening to the replay on Rumble, writing on BitChute, even YouTube, I'll probably put it there just to give it a shot. But if you are watching it, uh, you'll notice that there's no video and we're working on that. So there is, it's funny when I started with doing these shows years and years ago, I started during the digital age. So we started with, with the video, you know, we started going straight, straight to YouTube, doing that stuff. And I was thinking, okay, so video is the harder part. I was so wrong. It is actually radio, audio that is the, the tough part because the, the way that it has to come through and get transmitted to the station so that the stations can then transmit it out, that's a heck of a lot more complicated. And so we're working on trying to figure out the best way, the best programs that we can use to get number one, to get me first and foremost out to radio and then if we can do the video feed from the radio show live as well, that would be ideal. And Lord willing, we will be able to do that. I'm working with the great folks over at BBS radio, my, my talented and brilliant uh, producer Don out there in the, uh, in the world of radio. You know, he's, he, we're trying to figure it out. How do we get it to where we can do live video and live audio at the same time? Now you might think to yourself, Hey, you know, I just watching you a couple of weeks ago. You guys were already doing that. And it's, we were doing it on Zoom. And as Don has pointed out, Zoom is really more of a conferencing. You know, that's how it started off. It's about teleconferencing. It's about, Hey, you know, here's my PowerPoint. Let's talk about the profits for the you know, quarterly profit reports team. It's not really designed for, for, uh, doing a, a rumble show or a YouTube show or anything like that. Uh, and he is absolutely correct. So we were looking into other software and just trying to get it all meshed together. So if you are listening on the video platforms, don't worry. You're going to hopefully by Monday or Tuesday, you'll be able to, to see my, my amazingly unique face. <laughs> Next week, unique. That's that's the best way to to classify my my face. 
We are taking callers again, of course, today. Yesterday was fun. We had some amazing, amazing callers. Really challenged the mainstream narrative. I was very impressed with them yesterday. And we'll, we'll hopefully get some more today. You can always call in and join the show live, 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. And if you can convince the screeners that you're not going to come on and, and just go absolutely insane and get us in trouble with, with the uh, government, then hey, we'll get you on. We'll talk. We'll talk about controversial topics. We'll talk about fun topics we'll talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about you know why because it's friday and for most people friday is the the end of the of the uh work week now of course for me it's the the beginning of my work week uh because again i do the liberty daily on the weekends so uh and that's for those who who haven't heard that's a uh I wouldn't call it a 24-hour job, but it's as, as close to 24 hours as you can get. I take naps on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays because we do have to stay on top of the news. And even here right now, as I'm doing this show, I'm, I have my feeds up. I'm still watching for breaking news. You might actually get to, to hear me work as I'm, as I'm working on the Liberty Daily. Of course, I also own and manage discernreport.com, which it, people ask, why do you do the Liberty Daily and Discern Report? And I tell them, it's kind of like, so Liberty Daily is, we just put everything that's, that's important. We put everything that is interesting. Uh, anything that we think patriots, want and or need to hear with discern report i only focus on the stuff that they need to hear in other words or need to see in other words i don't put out there's stories that i would put up on the liberty daily and we put up anywhere from 100 to 150 sometimes up to 200 stories per day over the liberty daily whereas at discern report i have it focused down to anywhere from 30 to 80 you know, stories per day that I would put up there. And those ones I hand select as this is something you need to hear. This is something you need to know. This is something you need to watch. You know, whereas over at, um, over at the Liberty Daily, I'm looking at it right now, seeing if I can find an example of a story that, that is interesting, that the people want to, to see, but that might not necessarily be a, uh, Something that they have to see. And actually, it seems pretty relevant right now. I'm going through the, the list, looking at all the stories. Uh, <laughs> I can't find an example of what I would consider to be a frivolous, uh, but still entertaining or enlightening story. It, just as an example, Babylon B. Okay. I love the guys of Babylon B. I, I consider a couple of them my friends. You know, we, we chat with, with, uh, them as well as people from not the B which is their their serious version of of news non non uh satirical version which is just a great mix but i i think they're fantastic and i love their work they make me laugh they brighten my day if i'm in a really bad mood chances are i'm going to go to the babylon b to get a chuckle right we post the babylon b stories over the liberty daily fairly regularly because again it's interesting it's it's fun it's things people i think would want to see but I would never post a Babylon B story over at discernreport.com. I wouldn't, shouldn't say never, <laughs> but I rarely would because it's not really mission critical. You know, do people need to laugh? Absolutely. Do they need to smile? You betcha. Do we need more, more positivity in the world today? A hundred percent. We do so much negativity, right? But there is still 
also, I would say, a, a greater need to wake people up. And if you're listening, chances are you're already awake. Chances are very strong. If you can hear my voice right now, you're among the awakened ones, not the woke ones, the awakened ones. You're, you're the ones that are out there thinking, huh, man, I should really be questioning everything because everything is, is questionable <laughs> in today's world. But for the rest of the people, they need to be woken up. And that's why what I post over at Discern Report, dot com should be lord willing should always be something that people need to see read or hear so we've got plenty of those stories today it's funny because this week has actually been subtly quietly one of the biggest news weeks that we've had in a long time and that's a lot to say, but you know, every week there seems to be something that dominates, right? Of course, we've got the the war. You know, it started off October seven. I was working the Liberty Daily, and we we were literally posting, I would say, at least thirty stories over a forty eight hour period. Uh, once that got started, when uh, take to not to take credit, but to uh, toot our horn a little bit, we actually had the very first story. Because you know, I was looking through all the feeds, I was looking over at all of the other news aggregators. We actually had the the first the the breaking news about the the invasion, the terrorist attack on Israel. We had it up hours before anybody else had it. Okay, any of the conservative sites, and there was obviously there were Israeli sites that had it up there. But even before like Fox News or any of them, we had it up on the Liberty Daily, and it happened like everything started happening late at night, at least here in the United States. It was late at night our time, or in the afternoon rather, and uh, we started getting it up. Got our first story up, got our third and fourth and fifth story up, and then you know it was until literally the next day when it's like oh look you know there was an invasion and and yada 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 it's like wow <laughs> pat myself on the back we got that one you know and obviously it wasn't anything to celebrate since there was there was beatings kidnappings rapes murders and what ended up turning into something that i believe is going to be a very protracted war the thought that this is going to be oh you know Big mighty Israel is going to go into Gaza and and get Hamas wiped out in a in a month or two. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh, this this is, in my humble opinion, this is going to be a very long and drawn out war. And not all the players are involved yet. People will come in. People will leave. You're going to see governments, non-governments. You're going this that whole story is going to be. Um, ongoing for a long time, probably longer. By the time it's done, Ukraine will already have been been a been forgotten as far as a a news topic. But anyway, so that's that's in the beginning of October. You know, it's been over a month now. Whereas this week's stories have been huge, and it's unfortunate in many ways because some of them are such bombshells, and yet. They're not getting attention. They're not getting the uh, the love. And when I when I say bombshell, okay, I'm a big fan of not saying bombshell or breaking or anything you know to try to get people's attention just for the sake of getting people's attention. If it's a bombshell to me, that means that it's it's huge. Like it's it's something that is affecting society, so to speak. 
And we've had several of those. And yet, again, not not nearly as much play. It's not that they're being, well, some of them are definitely being covered up, but it's more along the lines of, I think there's just fatigue. People are just like, you know what? That's big news. I've been bombarded with so much big news for the last five years, three years, however long it's been, that I don't want big news. I want to, you know, just show me what, what show me, Show me Babylon B. <laughs> Give me some some fun stuff to listen to, to watch, to to take me away from all of the bad that's happening in the world. But you all who are listening today, I'm assuming that your your tolerance is at least high enough because people don't listen to me to get entertained. That's for sure. I'm not very funny. <laughs> At least that's what that's what my friends and and uh, loved ones tell me. So, uh, 888-627-6008. Let's get right into it. Um, this story comes from Revolver, and it's a story that I think all of us knew intuitively even before it was essentially declared. But but now we have essentially the evidence of what what happened. Title. For, Nashville's diversity-obsessed black police chief hid trans shooters' anti-white manifesto. Now, that's not shocking by any means. We knew this. We knew somebody was hiding it, right? Obviously, because it took months for it to come out. If a you know crazy, uh, whatever you know, white supremacist shooter, mass murderer, whatever, you know, every detail of that person's life is like is thrown out there. They're interviewing the neighbors. They've got, it's a story for days, weeks, months, as long as it fits a narrative that will fit into, into gun control, as well as not go against anything that, that's, you know, critical race theory or trans supremacy or anything like that. As long as they can get those components together. Oh, it's wide. It's open season. Okay. Media is telling everything. They're taking the manifesto. They're getting it out there. Oh my gosh. This guy was such a bigot. This guy was such a this. This guy was that. You know, this we AR 15, AR 15. You know, he, you, you've seen it. And, but this one didn't match. It matched the gun aspect of it. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, this is perfect. We've got someone armed with an assault rifle. Assault rifle. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Somebody armed with an assault rifle going into a school. And killing kids, you know, that was the initial initial report. And everybody's like, oh, we got to jump on this one. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. It was a Christian school that got shot up. Oh, oh wait a second. It was a it was a woman. Oh, no, it wasn't. a. Oh, my gosh. No, no. It was a transgender person that did the shooting. Oh, crap. Okay, bury the story. Bury the story. Don't talk about it. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. And then, then reports came out. There's a manifesto. It's like, uh oh. Hopefully, hopefully, here, get into the manifesto and let's 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 hopefully it'll say something to the effect of, you know, I was I was driven to this violence because of Donald Trump and white supremacy. And then they they read the manifesto. And I remember actually one person on that day they noted, hey, you know what? We don't know. We can't see it for sure. But but keep in mind, keep in mind, the Nashville shooter is wearing a red hat. <gasps> Oh my gosh. She, he, whatever, was wearing a red hat. Maybe she's MAGA. You know, let's look at the manifesto and then they look at the manifesto and it's all anti-white. It's all woke. It's all just not the narrative. So what'd they do? <laughs> of course, they suppressed it. 
So here's a story again over at Revolver.News. My good friend Amy over there going through a hard time. Prayers for Amy, by the way. Um, prayers for Amy and, and her current situation. But we're still getting, still trucking through with uh, amazing content over there at Revolver.News. And people say, oh, isn't Revolver a competitor of the Liberty Daily and Discern Report? And I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't say competitor. You know, our competitors, our opposition would be the left. Our opposition would be radical Democrats. Our opposition would be the globalists. So no, and the uniparty swamp, including rhinos. So no, I don't consider Revolver News to be, I consider them to be a wonderful source of information. So even though they too are a news aggregator similar to the Liberty Daily and similar to Discern Report, I highly recommend Revolver News. And I would say that they would probably highly recommend us. So, so there's no... It's not a competition, folks. We're trying to fight the good fight. Anyway, according to the article, the, the deranged... Ooh, i got to turn that down. That was awful. I can't believe I made the rookie mistake of not turning my phone down. Let me do that first before I make a fool out of myself. Get a phone call in the middle of a show. What? That's what a rookie mistake. Anyway... According to the article, a deranged trans shooter killed six in a horrific massacre at a Nashville Christian school back in April. The deceased shooter, Audrey, quote-unquote, Aiden, transitioning, a girl transitioning to try to be a dude, Audrey Hale, uh, left behind a manifesto. Nashville police refused to share it with the public. We learned this week why. In screenshots obtained by Stephen Crowder, Hale vented her murderous rage toward whites, whom she referred to as privileged crackers. Despite being white herself, the shooter wanted to kill those like her. This rhetoric isn't found in the dark corners of 4chan. Anti-white hate is part of school curriculum across the country. It's broadcast by television, television channels and popular films, and it goes viral on social media. This demented shooter was merely repeating what she learned from the society around her. It's not just the society around her. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. So we don't know who Audrey Hale was before gender dysphoria, before becoming confused, before becoming mentally ill and not knowing whether she was a boy or a girl, not knowing whether she was supposed to be a boy or a girl. We don't know what she was like before then. Maybe she was playing with Barbies. Maybe she had other things going on in her life. We just don't know, right? But we do know that she transitioned or attempted to transition. We do know that she engaged in gender-affirming care, this this concept that is obnoxious, this concept that is that is dangerous, destructive, and yet it's painted in such such flowery terms, such terms that, that the radical left, they're like, oh my gosh, gender-affirming care. Oh, that sounds like just so wonderful. You know, but no, it's not. It's indoctrination. It's physical deformation. It's hormonal. Uh, what's the word for poisoning? I mean, it's awful. This is, it's torture. They don't know they're being tortured at the time. Some of them don't. But you ask the people that detransition later. I mean, they're broken. They're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that my parents were giving me these hormones at eight. I cannot believe that this doctor was, was slicing into me at 13. I cannot believe 
that, you know, when I was a child, that I was given the option, the choice to make a permanent decision about genital mutilation. Think about that. The detransitioners, and there's a growing number of them, the people that have transitioned as a child and that now are are trying to switch back, and not just as a child. There's there have been many people who even transition as adults and then transition back or try to transition back. There's no going back, by the way. You know, when we say detransitioner, it's it's a process, but it's a process that they're never going to go all the way back. Some of the most heartbreaking videos I've seen in my entire life have been uh, of girls. There was with this one girl in particular. She put out a TikTok. I don't know about a year ago. And I mean, and she was at the now, or at least at the time of the video, she was like 19 years old. And she was just, you could just see the, the pure sorrow. This wasn't just, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm upset. This, you know, this, she was like, she was a broken person. She's like, I'm never going to know what it's like to be a woman. You know, I was a girl. I decided I wanted to be a boy. That was a huge mistake. Now, I can never have children. I can never actually feel what it's like to have sexual experiences as a female or a male. That's the, the, the saddest part about all this is that they, you know, they think, oh, it's transitioning. So, so they're going to get this, that, or the other, right? Well, no, they don't. They don't get to experience what it's like. Oh, now I am, I was a man. Now I'm a woman. Now I can get pregnant. Now I can, you know, experience whatever, you know, that's not true. And yet you still see them going on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. You know, I see this, this bearded dude, literally, I mean, he's a bearded dude. If, if he wasn't wearing makeup, there would be, you'd think, oh, is this guy a lumberjack or is he a, <laughs> no, no, apparently he thinks he's a girl and he's sitting there whining about menstrual pain. It's like, um, dude, you don't feel menstrual pain because you don't, you don't menstruate. You can't menstruate. I don't care what sort of transitioning you did, what sort of hormones you did, what sort of surgery you did. You, you can't menstruate, man. It's, and if you're feeling pains, that's a, you know, you need to either go to the bathroom or go to the hospital or something because, because this isn't working. Something's wrong with you. So anyway, <laughs> now, now do you understand, by the way, now do you understand why AM and FM radio, they don't want to talk to me? Because <laughs> I don't care. Call in 888-627-6008. Sound off about this and or whatever. Again, it's Friday. So if you want to talk about, about Ritz crackers, you know, whether Ritz crackers or townhouse are actually the better fake buttery flavor. I am open to that discussion. We will have that debate you and I, and it's Ritz by the way, just to be clear, it's townhouse. It's it's they're, they're, they're okay. They're a fine substitute. And they actually, you could say that townhouse crackers are actually slightly superior when it comes to using a thick spread because they don't cr crumble as, as easily. But if you're just eating the Ritz crackers or using a dip, a soft dip, Ritz are superior to townhouse. There. Definitive answer. Case closed. So back to the article. The Tennessee legislature has sought to combat that heinous ideology by barring critical race theory and other harmful forms of leftist indoctrination in schools. The Shooter's Manifesto highlights the need for more to be done. Yet the police uh, assiduously kept the people in the dark about 
the hateful manifesto. Officials even claimed the manifesto didn't express any specific political or social agenda. If you haven't heard or seen what, what this manifesto is, it's literally just a, a political and social agenda um, that has been uh, peppered with rage and thrown on a page before she went on her rampage. I got to trademark that. That was pretty good. Recent reports have suggested multiple officers suspected the, of the leak have been suspended. Last I heard, there were seven. So, hey, the manifesto that was leaked is, doesn't exist and isn't real, and, but we're still getting rid of the people that leaked it, or at least suspending them. Although future developments could very well reveal there may be more to the manifesto than the anti-white hate, it is clear the police department would rather not notice the racial animus expressed by the confused transsexual Hale. Hale was taken down by heroic white police officer from Metropolitan Police uh, National Police Department. They saved several lives that day by rushing to put down the shooter. Sadly, their boss wants fewer cops like them. Nashville's Black Police Chief John Drake's mission since taking office three years ago, has been to make sure, make the force more diverse and compliant with the left's police agenda. And let's be very clear, okay, it is, I understand why they highlight the white versus black thing, but I don't care what color somebody is when it comes to, like, their, like, it could have very, in, in, in 2023, it could have very easily been a, a white male whatever who would feel the exact same way. It could have very easily been a Hispanic female who felt the exact same way. This this notion of protecting wokeness, this notion of of hiding from the public when anything, anything that goes against the the um, whatever you can call it, the the DEI agenda, diversity, equity, and inclusion, anything that that highlights why that's wrong. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't look at this and I, and even though, yes, this police chief is black, I don't, th- I, if, again, if it was a woke white dude, nothing would have changed. Nothing would be any different than what we experienced. The manifesto still would have been covered up. It's not about actual race or color or anything like that. This is about a belief system. This is about there are certain people on both sides, by the way, let's be clear about that. There's certain people on both sides of the political aisle. And if you, and I know somebody's going to call and say, it's not really a left versus right thing. It's, it's, it's on a more of a three dimensional scale. And I get, and I agree, but let's just, let's keep it simple. Well, well, for right now, let's talk left and right. There are people on both the left and the right who will do anything, go to any means necessary to protect their agenda, even if they're wrong on a particular topic. Now, look, if, if, if somebody's wrong about something, I have no problem calling them out. And neither should you and neither should any of us. We shouldn't look at it as, oh, we have to defend our tribe no matter what. You know, I am a, I am a supporter of Donald J. Trump. I hope that he is our next president once again. Okay. But bump stock ban. Yeah. I called him out hard, hard. The two weeks to slow the spread. I was protesting protesting against his government while that was happening, while that was even being discussed early on. His decision, his choice to go out there and say, oh, you know, he saved 100 million people. No, he didn't. He did not save 100 million people with the vaccines, period. Okay, so 
we don't and nobody should nobody should say okay so so the ideology is is clear the agenda is clear the narrative is clear they have to be defended even if we have to lie about it even if we have to cover it up that's not how freedom works is not how america should work so that's why i'm saying there are people on both sides who will go with the tribalist mentality of even if we're wrong we have to pretend like we're right even if even if um even if it's clear that our side did something wrong, we still have to defend it. And that's not true. That's not how things should be. We should be able to look at any individual, any organization, any any group of any sort or any person of any sort and judge their individual actions, their individual ideologies, um, specifically based upon that alone. It's not to say that everything Donald Trump does or says is right. It's not to say that everything that that uh, whoever or whatever group, anything on the the in the uh, LGBTQIA plus supremacy caucus, they're always right. You can't say that they are wrong a lot of times. And yes, on the right, a lot of our people are wrong a lot of times. Eh, maybe not a lot. <laughs> But sometimes we get it wrong. We're getting it wrong right now with the whole abortion issue. And people will say, oh, my gosh, he's about to say that we shouldn't be talking about abortion. No, it's the exact opposite. This is push right now for whatever reason. And actually, I know the reason, uh, which we will talk about. Not this week, but we'll talk about it next week. Uh, but, but, but there's this whole push that, well, you know, the reason that we were losing the 2022, the thing that prevented the 2022 red tsunami and the thing that prevented 2023 from being a, from, from being a great election for Republicans is because of the abortion issue. It's a stigma. It's, you know, we, we, we've got to, we've got to get away from that. We've got to start embracing a more moderate stance and yada, yada. And I'm just like, holy cow, are you kidding me? Do you think we're stupid? And unfortunately, many of us are. That's not the, the reality, but that's the one they're pushing. They're wrong. And again, we're talking about some, some people that I actually do like and respect. Some conservative talking, talking heads out there, some, some conservative leaders who are now calling for us to tone down on our push to end abortion. People say, Oh, you're, you're, you're anti-choice. You're anti-abortion. Yep. You betcha. I sure as heck am. And that's not going to change. Just because, oh, you know, we might lose elections if you if you fight it. Well, then we need to get better at messaging. Because here's what's been proven. When you show people what they're actually buying when they're voting for these these insane measures, such as what they voted for in Ohio, if you take people that are about to go vote for an amendment that will allow abortion up until birth, if you take them and you show them what a partial birth abortion actually looks like, what actually happens, if you show them the video of that, eight out of ten of them that were going to vote for the amendment will not. I guarantee you. That's not based upon empirical data. I don't have the stats in front of me. That's just because I have a belief that the videos are shocking enough. I've seen the videos. They are shocking enough that anybody who can see that and then go vote in favor of of allowing that in this society that person is pure evil that person is is disgusting and i don't believe i think there's a lot of bad people in america 
but I think that I can't imagine that there's more than 20% of them are that disgusting, that hideous. We wouldn't have made it this long if that were the case. The problem is, is that we have weak Republicans, weak, weak conservatives who just, we just don't offend people enough. We don't go out there and get in their face and say, you, you, oh, you want, you think that people should have a right to, to abort and, and, and murder a baby. Well, it's, the, it's her body. It's the, it's the mother's body. Okay. Let me show you a body. Here's a video of a partial birth abortion. Here's a video of even a, you know, this is a, a video of a, of a, uh, regular abortion at six months. This is what actually happens. This is the dismemberment that takes place. Did you know that they actually just basically chop the infant, the preborn baby? They just basically chop it up, chop him or her up, I should say. Sort of like you know, you're you're cutting up uh, whatever uh, cold cuts. <laughs> You know, you're taking taking some turkey and you're, you're just chopping it up. You're taking taking a big chicken and chopping off its leg, chopping off its wing, you know, and just pulling it out. If you show people the truth, they won't go for it, at least the vast majority in my humble opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people would see that and just be disinterested. Maybe they'll be like, yeah, but but it's still it's still her body. It's she still has the right. I don't think so. I don't think people are that hideous. I think there are people that are that hideous, but I don't think that a majority would be. But we're too weak on the right. We're too too conscious of, you know, not wanting to offend. Which is again why I'm here on shortwave and not AMFM. Praise God for that. 888-627-6008 888-627 yeah, I always say we're going to make it through because I'm looking at the screen right now. I've got uh, looks like about a dozen stories. I always say, you know, today we're going to make it. We're going to bust through three or four minutes per story and we're we're going to move to the next story. We're going to get all this stuff in there. And then I look and it's been like we're already over uh, over a fourth of the way done with the show. And I got to the first story. Praise God for that. Before we get into this next story, I've got to got to do a shout out. You know, we've had. um as many of you know, we've had some challenges staying on the air off and on for the last, eh, I would say, few months. You know, we've, we've, we've been inconsistent. And you know, Lord willing, we will be able to stay consistent going forward. But there is, I've, I've talked about, there's been some medical reasons. There's been some logistical reasons. There's just been odd things that have, have kept me off the air from time to time. But there's one, at least one, there's been a couple of, of good reasons. One very good reason that I have been off the air is because we've been finalizing a deal and we're very close. We're at the finish line to finalizing a deal to where um, we will be able to have majority control over, over our, our uh, prepper beef company. And it's just fantastic. And we're, we're keeping everybody in board. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, Oh, we're, we're taking control and we're going to fire everybody. No, the, the founders, my co-founders who started uh, this, this company, and you can find us at freedomfirstbeef.com. The the co-founders that were with me are staying on board. Okay, they're they're going to continue as partners with me going forward. But we also have now added a a new wrinkle to the mix, perhaps some more some more buying clout, so to speak, and uh, we're just going to advance 
with our goal of feeding Americans and giving Americans high-quality, long-term storage beef. They're going to go after protein, folks. They really are. They already are. They're already trying to make you eat bugs. They're already trying to make you eat lab-grown meat. They're already trying to say that that chickens and cow farts are killing the the environment and that if we don't if we don't eliminate all cows by by next year then then AOC is going to blow up the world or something like that I, I forget what their exact narrative is but yeah you've heard it I mean they really don't want you to eat anything other than what they control and of course it was Henry Kissinger who said who controls the food supply controls the people they want to control you they want to control me and the people that won't be controlled are the people that won't be beholden to government and the only way you know there's a lot of things that you can do you can arm yourself you can move out of the cities go go off grid there's a lot of things that you can do right but there's one thing that that you te- definitely need regardless of what you do and that's sustenance that's food and water they want to control protein. I'm a big fan of people going out and, and starting their own garden, even starting their own mini farm, getting a homestead, all that stuff. We want to do that as well. And Lord willing, we will be able to do that. But right now, you know, you also have to focus on on the protein aspect of it. And unless you have the land and the people and the equipment and everything that you need to raise beef cattle, then your protein will just have to be, I guess, the eggs from the chickens that you have. And that's fine, by the way. Okay. There's nothing. That's great. You know, God gave us chickens for the eggs. (laughs) So, so it's like, Hey, here's a, here's a way to turn grass into delicious protein that can sustain you You indefinitely. If you, if you do things right. So yeah, so that's an option. But for those who want more than that, for those who want, High quality, we're talking about ribeye, New York strip, tenderloin, freeze-dried, it's sous vide, it's freeze-dried, it's awesome. You can check it out at freedomfirstbeef.com. It ain't cheap, but thankfully, you can use promo code JDR at checkout and get 15% off, and you will be ecstatic because this beef is fully cooked. There's only one ingredient, beef. We don't even add salt. We just take the steaks, we chop them into cubes, we sous vide them. We freeze dry them. We throw them in the bag with my, with uh, the Mylar bags with the oxygen absorbers, and then we ship it out to you. And it's got a 25 year shelf life. You don't even have to refrigerate it. Good stuff. Good stuff. So check it out. Freedomfirstbeef.com. Use promo code JDR. There we got our uh, we got our, our promo in. So this next story. Hopefully we've got time. I think we can get through this. This is another one that, shockingly, this hasn't gotten much attention even from the right. And I think this might be a case of maybe, maybe, maybe they just haven't heard about it yet. We see this from time to time, especially, you know, at the Liberty Daily. We'll break a story on a Tuesday and then we'll see it picked up by the Gateway Pundit later on that Tuesday. And then we'll see it picked up by Breitbart the next day. We'll see it picked up by the, by Daily Wire the day after that. And then a week later, it's on Daily Caller and, uh, and Fox News. <laughs> it's kind of, it's literally the transition, right? Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that this one that didn't come from us, this came actually from Becker News. Kyle Becker, uh, who's been on the show before. Becker News went out there and, and found a story that I think is a huge bombshell, and yet you don't see a whole lot of people talking about it yet. We're going to talk about it today. Trouble. Stop. Trouble. In Fulton County, high-powered defense attorneys moved to withdraw amid questions about 2020 ballots. Now, here's the funny part, is that I would argue that 
Kyle, you know, he's, he's a tremendous, tremendous, brilliant journalist. Okay. This guy knows his stuff. He knows he, he breaks stories. He's, he's got connections across the board. This guy knows everything. I would argue that maybe the reason that this one didn't get the attention it deserved is because he assumed people understood from the headline that he's talking about voter fraud. Okay. He mentioned Fulton County, which is the, hey, that's vote, voter fraud central, right? He mentioned 2020 ballots, but he didn't actually mention the election. I know why he did it because, well, I think I know why he did it. Um, when you start using the word voter fraud, all of a sudden nobody on AMFM radio wants to talk to you and Facebook and Google won't, won't link to you. They won't send you traffic. So I get it. But in this case, maybe I would have made the exception if I were them. This is 100% about massive widespread voter fraud that stole the 2020 election. So let's be straight up with that. Let's get to the article, though. There's trouble in Fulton County, Georgia, as two high-powered criminal defense attorneys have suddenly filed a motion to withdraw from a 2020 election case. Criminal defense attorney Donald F. Samuel and Amanda R. Clark Palmer have motioned to withdraw themselves from Favorito versus Juan case, according to the motion. Rasmussen speculated that the lawyers reportedly motioning to withdraw may have something to do with, quote-unquote, missing mail ballots. Hmm. And this is according to Rasmussen reports. They say Fulton County GA's high-priced criminal defense lawyers see writing on the wall hit the silk. And it says these 15, 100, I'm sorry, 15, 150,000 still secret 2020 unfolded mail ballots with the perfect ovals protected by court order for three years, may have gone missing, and the county's lawyers have just quit. Let me repeat that. It's referring to these 150,000 ballots that were unfolded. Okay, these are mail-in ballots. How can a mail-in ballot be unfolded? Hmm. 150,000 of them. These also had perfect ovals. They weren't, wasn't some pen or pencil filling in the oval. They were printed ovals, period. And you can't convince me of anything other than that. There is no viable explanation of how 150,000 ballots have, that have been protected by the courts for three years, now they're missing. And now the attorneys in the case have withdrawn. They know something, obviously. They, I mean, I make it sound like that's the big news. They know. Of course they know. They knew probably going in, and now it's like, uh-oh, we're going to get caught. This is a bad case to be associated with. We don't want our law firms, we don't want our names touching a case in which, in which the government has been covering up blatant widespread voter fraud in a state that helped to determine the results of the 2020 election. Keep in mind, what was, what was the gap or what was the, uh, um, what was the, sp- the, the, uh, different, when the world am I talking about? What was the margin of victory in Georgia? Wasn't it like 10,000 votes? I think something like that. 150,000 ballots unfolded, perfect doubles. Again, these are mail-in ballots suddenly appeared after the water main that didn't break. Actually, they thought they broke after the, the reporters and, 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 uh, um, watchers 
We're told to leave because they're done, and then they're caught on camera coming right back in and starting to to count votes, count ballots that had been in boxes under tables. This is on video. People always say, oh, there was no evidence of 2020 voter fraud. Wrong. There was massive amounts of evidence. It has all been covered up, and it's not just Democrats. This is by Republicans as well. This is why I keep saying anybody, there's this strong delusion that's crossing America. There really is. Although there's several of them, I believe, but there's just one in particular when it comes to voter fraud. People are in denial. People who thought the 2020 election was stolen, okay, a lot of those people have been, I don't know, brainwashed a bit in thinking, oh, you know what, it, it was, it was stolen, but I guess maybe it wasn't, and it, I don't know why. It was obvious. It was stolen, Period. Period. 99.99% certain that Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. 99.99% certain that Joe Biden, a racist, got more black votes than Barack Obama? If you believe that, you're stupid. I mean, you're, you're literally, you're stupid. If you can look me in the eye and say, oh, yeah, no, no, Joe Biden, Mr. <laughs> I mean, Joe Biden is the, like the most racist president that we've had in decades. And you're telling me, and, and this was is not new. This isn't like, oh my gosh, we didn't know until after we voted for him. I mean, he, he exudes racism. And yet, he got more black votes than Barack Obama? What? No, that didn't happen, folks. And now it looks as if the truth is starting to come out. Do I have hope that it will? No, absolutely not. Do I think that this is just going to get buried? Yep, yep, I do. If you're looking for for the uh, for what is it the uh, the QAnon, you know, just trust the plan. It's coming. This is everything's going to be exposed. That's not me. Okay, I'm just going to call it the way I see it. And if there's reason to hope, then yes, there's reason to hope. Am I going to f- try to get the word out there? Absolutely. That's what I'm doing right now. That's why why this Becker News story is at the top of both discernreport.com as well as libertydaily.com. I want people, as many eyeballs, to see this as possible. I want to spread this to the masses. But I still, that doesn't, you can't convince me that this is really going to do anything. I give it a 3% chance, maybe 4 We'll We'll, we'll stretch. We'll go to 4% chance that this equates into something. And it's not just because of the cover-up. It's because far too many Republicans, far too many conservatives are out there saying, oh, huh, well, I guess there really wasn't voter fraud. If the court of law, did, you know, we, we, they tried to to uh, get the courts to look at it, and, and they failed, so it must not be real. You know, who who was it, by the way? Who was doing all that? You've got... Uh, You've got Rudy Giuliani, who I like, but he's maybe a couple of decades beyond his prime. Okay, he's leading the charge to expose to expose an extraordinarily complex and widespread voter fraud scheme. Okay, great, fine. Is is, is he going to be able to do it? I I don't think so. You have other attorneys on there who now it turns out all of them are against Trump. How did that happen? Is it possible? I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not making accusations. But is it possible that maybe the powers that be, maybe these people who were engaged in spreading 
voter fraud, engaged in in installing Joe Biden into the White House. Is it possible that maybe those people would have thought, huh, I wonder what you think we can get some some fake conservatives to and, and get somebody to recommend them to Trump and say, hey, Trump, this is the person that's going to help you to to prove voter fraud. Get them on your defense team and you're set. Is that even possible? I mean, you know, people say, oh, no, Trump would have seen through that. I actually had that argument. So somebody said, yeah, no, Trump, Trump knows his people. Trump would have seen through that in a heartbeat. Like, oh, yeah, he, he sort of like he saw with, with like Jeff Sessions and uh, Christopher Ray and uh, Rex Tillerson, Amorosa, Michael Cohen, you know, uh, John, John, what's his name? I don't even remember his name anymore. Um, you got, you got Reince Priebus, okay, H.R. Uh, McMaster. I mean, the list goes up and down. Okay, well, the, Anthony Scaramucci was press secretary for like two weeks or something like that. He had another press secretary, I forgot her name, um, who's now written a book against him. Okay, you you really think that? It, I mean, uh, look, Trump's got a lot of amazing qualities. I think he's a he's a he's a pretty smart dude who's patriotic and who's who fights. Great. Okay, and he's willing to go out on a limb, and he and he's he's hard, if not impossible, to corrupt. All these things are positives, but let's let's call it what it is. He picked out some pretty crappy people in his first term. Okay, he picked up some picked out some awful people. For those who don't remember, Jeff Sessions, his first attorney general, could have stopped the Russian collusion hoax before it started. He had it within his power to put an end to it, and yet he didn't. Bill Barr, his last attorney general, could have had all the evidence that he needed to demonstrate very quickly and very easily that the 2020 election was stolen. He had evidence before election day that the 2020 election was going to get stolen. And he intentionally and continues to intentionally keep that from coming to light. These are people that Trump picked. And you can say, oh, well, they were recommendations. Okay. Well, still, he picked him. The recommendation can't twist his arm and say, Mr. President, you have to pick this guy or else, you know, whatever. <laughs> he was the president of the United States. So I don't look to anyone else to blame for those particular choices. Anyway, and let's be clear. I'm not saying that, that the president is... is uh, always responsible for every individual choice. There are things that a president can do or or that an administration can do that shouldn't really fall squarely on the president's shoulders because the president's not is not a uh um a polymath. Not, no president ever is. And that's a good thing by the way. They have to rely on their advisors. And sometimes their advisors give them bad advice. But when it comes to picking up personnel, that's something where you you have to be spot on. You can make an occasional mistake, but don't make a lot of them. And Trump made a lot of them. So anyway, gosh, I don't know how I got got sidetracked on that one. But but let me let me finish off this story because this really is a big story over at uh, BeckerNews.com by Kyle Becker. Uh, and if you have any comments about it before we go on break, uh, call in 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. 
Uh, it is not clear, back to the article, it is not clear why the lawyers are withdrawing from the case. Becker News has reached out to the law firm of Garland, Samuel, and Loeb for comment and will update accordingly. Human Events, however, had earlier reported that on the 147,000 mail-in ballots controversy, and according to Human Events, Fulton County poll manager Susie Voiles was sorting through a large stack of mail-in ballots last November when she noticed something odd. Several ballots marked for Joe Biden were extremely similar. One after another, the votes contained perfectly filled uh, ovals for Biden. What's more, each of the bubbles bo uh, boasted an identical white void inside them in the shape of a tiny crescent, indicating they'd been marked with toner ink instead of pen or pencil, per the Epoch Times. Anybody that tells just that alone, anybody who tells you, there was no voter fraud or the voter fraud wasn't enough. That's the, the popular, uh, the popular opinion amongst rhinos and members of the uniparty swamp that are on the quote unquote Republican side. That's why they say, Oh, you know, I think there's definitely voter fraud. It just wasn't enough to, to change the election. That's the part where they get to, I guess, maintain some credibility, but they don't have to, they can explain why. Because here's the thing. If they think that if anybody, any lawmaker thinks that the 2020 election or any election is stolen. It is their duty. It is their responsibility. They are sworn to defend the Constitution, and that does include defending free and fair elections. So if it is their belief that an election is fraudulent, that an election has been stolen, especially a presidential election, then it becomes that lawmaker's duty to do whatever it takes to expose the truth, to reverse the fraudulence aspect of the election. And they don't want to do that because most of them are part of it. Most of them, it's like, hey, we're going to steal this election for, for Biden, and uh, we're going to steal your next two elections, so you're going to be, and then we got a cozy job for you at Raytheon or wherever. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. Just just don't ask too many questions. Somebody asks you about voter fraud, say, uh, yeah, no, no, that's there's definitely voter fraud. It's just not enough. There wasn't enough voter fraud to change the results of the election. Okay. You know, were there some fraudulent ballots here or there? Sure. Sure there were. Uh, take those people and, sh and show them this and have them explain to you how 147,000 ballots that voted for Joe Biden in a state that he won by 10,000 votes, how they had perfect ovals, they were unfolded, there was an identical crescent within the bubbles, within the, the, uh, the uh, ovals. That doesn't happen. That's impossible. The only, only possible way for those 147,000 ballots to have been filled out and delivered in that way, is if they were printed. And if they were printed, then they are fraudulent. 147,000 unambiguously, clearly, demonstrably fraudulent ballots voting for Joe Biden in a state that he won by, by less than 100, I don't know if it was 10,000, but less than 147,000 votes. In other words, Based upon this information, if this information is true, then with 100% certainty, President Trump won Georgia. That's just one state. We're going to go to station identification, which uh, I still, I need, somebody needs to tell me what that means. Why, why do we have to, to be quiet for, for 20 seconds? I don't know, but I'm going to go shut up for the next 20 seconds, and then I'll see you on the other side. 
No, I'm being serious. What? Why do we have station identification? I mean, is that is it just an old thing? Is it? I mean, what's what's the purpose? Is it? I don't know. Is it it's like the same same laws that say that you have to have like speed limit signs every certain uh, intervals of road or what? I don't know. And I'm don't get me. I'm not upset by it. I'm just curious. Why is it once an hour? Is it is it just an old law? Is it does, is it worthwhile? Is it is it beneficial? You tell me, and you can argue about that, or Ritz crackers, or voter fraud, or anything else you want to talk about by calling 888-627-6008. You know, we had an interesting call yesterday. Well, we had a few interesting calls, but one in particular um, was about Flat Earth. And I thought to myself, wow, this is this is really interesting. Now, I'm not, I personally don't believe that the Earth is flat, but... I will also acknowledge that there are, I understand why many people do believe the earth is flat. There's plenty of, of evidence that, that it could be true. I just, I mean, I think there's more evidence that it's not true. That's all. Nothing against flat earthers, but, but it's funny because a lot of people, you know, and, and I've done, I've been uh, guilty of this as well. A lot of people will use that as an example of, oh, you know, I believe in some conspiracy theories, but I'm not a flat earther. It's kind of like that's the litmus test for if you're a conspiracy theorist or a conspiracy theorist, right? That's, that's, that's false. That shouldn't be the case because, again, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there that have absolutely positively zero backing. Um, those should be the examples, not flat earth. Because again, if you look, even if just for entertainment purposes, you should look into it just so that you have an understanding of why people, why there is such a large, and there really is a large, uh, number of people who believe in flat earth theory. So they're not crazy. Most of them aren't. They're not, it's not like, like this is just a way out there idea. I mean, you know, it's way out there. Because of the the that is it would be like I don't know insane to uh, if it if it's true you know that would change obviously literally everything that we know right so I guess that part's crazy but but the the belief in it that's not crazy that's just people saw certain piece of data read certain Bible verses saw saw pieces of evidence that made them believe that that continue to make them believe that the earth is flat. And I totally respect that. There are certain things that I, you know, I very, very rarely go to a hundred percent. And when I say very rarely, it's <laughs> like about 99% of the time, I won't say a hundred percent. It's the easiest way to put it. Right. Oh, anyway, I will say though, that if, if this report is accurate, 147,000 ballots for Joe Biden with the uh, crescents, with the perfectly filled in ovals, unfolded somehow, getting into the mail and remaining unfolded and then being delivered by the mail, unfolded to to the, uh, <laughs> the place to get counted. That to me, if all that is accurate, then we can say with a 100% certainty that Georgia was stolen. I don't say 100% very often, but in this case, we will. So let's go on. Let's move on. It's, uh, again, I got, I still got like a dozen stories. We're never going to get to them all, but we will get to this one. And this one's, I don't know, I guess you can say kind of funny. This is as close to frivolous as I can get because it's ludicrous. It's from Eric Utter over at American Thinker. Salon writer equates Hamas with Republicans, Christians, and Trump supporters. 
Really? Wow. <laughs> Salon. For those who don't know Salon, it is, um, it's up there as far as the furthest to the left. You know, you've got some pretty radical left wing, uh, news organizations out there. And, and I'm not talking about your average little left wing blog or Substack or anything like that. I'm saying these are full blown organizations. Like they, they have, they have big budgets. They have, they have big backers. They have lots of staff. You know, these are, these are news outlets, except it's not really news. It's, it's just all propaganda. But before we get to that one, we got a caller from Missouri. You know, I love Missouri. I was just talking to somebody from Missouri. We've got Neil from Missouri. Neil, what can we talk about today? Yes, I was wondering if you knew, knew anything at all about Ipilimumab. About what? It's called Ipilimumab. It's a cancer cure that was approved by the FDA in 2018. You know, thousands of people are dying every day of cancer, and there's no longer any reason to die of cancer. This guy's, this guy's pill, it finally got approved after 15 years of fighting with the FDA. Uh, mm-hmm. On the people he tested it on. Now, he was only allowed to test on stage four cancer patients sent home to die by the cancer treatment industry because they could no longer do anything for them. Now, these people that he tested on, 100% cure of all tumors. 96% cure of all other forms of cancer. Now, they're advertising it. Now, I've only seen one ad on TV for it. They're advertising it as a, another treatment. They're not allowed to say that it's a cure. But I watched the PBS uh, documentary on this uh, cancer cure. And I'd say, you know, 100% of tumors, 96% of all other uh, forms of cancer on terminal cancer patients, I'd call that a cure. So, Neil, you're, now, you're you can- coming in a Hold on real quick, Neil. You're coming one, – one second, Neil. You're coming in a little bit choppy. Can you spell it for me uh, or at least yeah, sound it out? Yeah, it's, it's I-P-I-L-I-M-U-M-A-B. M-A-B is in boy? B, right. Okay. Right. This is a pill you take two times – I think two times a day, they said. It has almost no side effects. And what it does, it revs up your own immune system so that it can identify and destroy cancer cells without destroying healthy cells. And this guy has had this available since 2003, but he had to spend 15 years fighting with the FDA and the cancer treatment industry to get it approved. And finally, he had to, he had to compromise and, and uh, sell out to Johnson & Johnson to get the, the human trials done. He wasn't allowed to do them on his own. He had to have a, a company, you know, a pharmaceutical company sponsored. But I think it was Johnson & Johnson was a company that sponsored him finally. So I've got it pulled up here. And yeah, you, it's, can, go, so you can Google it online. To, to answer your question, no, is, I'm not familiar with it. So I want to look into this. But but keep going. Tell, tell us more. Right. Now, doctors, I've talked to dozens of doctors and nurses since I found out about this. One heart surgeon said that he had heard of it, but, you know, he's a heart surgeon. He doesn't deal with cancer, so he wasn't familiar with it. But everybody else, nobody else has heard of it. And I've talked to dozens of people. Everybody tells me, you know, they got a friend that's a relative that got cancer. I tell them, check this out. The problem's been they can't find a source for the stuff. 
and I know it's out there. You know, now I saw the documentary like you know, one or two o'clock in the morning on PBS. It was an hour-long documentary on this drug, and then uh, a year or so later, I saw an actual commercial at two o'clock in the morning. You know, ipilimumab, and they say they're combining it with something called Novomab. I have no idea what that is. Apparently, some other kind of cancer treatment drug. But uh, uh, this is something that the people need to know about and start demanding of their doctors, you know, to try it out. Because, you know, you got to remember, the, the cancer treatment industry in this country is a multi-billion dollar industry. If you can make, come up with a pill that basically cures the cancer without all the you know, radiation and the surgery and the chemo, it's a multi-billion dollar industry down the tube. You know, and of course they don't want people to know about this. Now, this is, this is a, a, a drug cure, you know, for cancer. Of course, there's a natural cure. Just get off the damn sugar and you'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that, which is, uh, you know, the ketogenic uh, diet, you know. A hundred percent. Zero. Yeah, hundred percent cure uh, of everybody that's tried it on that will actually stick to it, you know, and stay off the sugar, you know, which means no carbohydrates, nothing that the body can convert into sugar. So, uh, but a lot of people can't don't have the self discipline to be able to do that. But if you got a you got a pill you take twice a day, and it doesn't make you sick of a dog, you know, and within a year, uh, I think everybody he treated, uh, except the four percent that died, you know, on the non tumor cancers, uh, within a year they were all they were all cured. The cancer was gone. Now, amazing the problem with the stuff. People that got the, the death jab, you know, so-called vaccine, that destroys your immune system. So if you try taking a pill that revs up your immune system, if your immune system's already been destroyed, it may not work. <laughs> you know, which may be why in 2018, the cure for cancer comes out. In 2019, they start jabbing people with a death jab. So the pill's not going to work on them. Now, there, Very... are, there are ways to get... To, you know, bring your body back. You to get rid of the. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard this. You no, know, but there are ways to get rid of the uh, the spike proteins and get rid of the uh, the uh, graphene oxide. Graphene oxide requires something called supercarbon, which you can find online. It pulls all the graphene oxide out of your system. And then if you take uh, over the counter just uh, N-acetylcysteine and bromelain, that will destroy the spike proteins in your system. The only thing that they can't reverse is the DNA damage done if you got one of those mRNA shots. Awesome. That, I don't that's, know how much that affects your... I well, it's, that we won't know that. System. So let's talk about that first, because you just you just gave a whole lot of information that we've got to unpack. So first and foremost, as okay. far as you're, you're absolutely right, there is a need. You've got at least two, probably more than two, but at least two massive problems with the with the jabs. Number one, you've got the spike proteins, which are killing people. You know, when we see myocarditis, pericarditis, strokes, heart attacks, people dying of heart attacks at 16 years old, that's the jabs. That's the spike proteins in the jabs. But then there's the, you, you mentioned the, uh, the DNA effects, the actual, you know, the, the, the changes, the genetic changes that are taking place in people's bodies after they get jabbed. That to me, that's the long game. That's the, the long play. So whatever that's going to affect, Whatever, whatever is going to come from that, we don't know yet. 
but we will know at some point as far as the graphene oxide <laughs> that's just straight poison so so that's obviously you want to get rid of that yeah. but there, you're right there are ways to to address that now as far as this and you're gonna have to say it one more time slowly because i'm awful my wife she does all the pr- pronouncing when we go to the doctor and they say what medicines are are you on my wife has to be there because i will butcher it so it's i pill uh, you say it say the say the drug yeah it it sounds just i mean it's spelled just like it sounds ipi li mu map ipi li m-u-m-a-b ipi limu map ipi Ipilimumab. All right. I will butcher it the next right. time I try to say it, but at least I said it properly one time. So we're, we're in good shape there. So, um, and according to at least the Wikipedia, or who is this? No, this is, uh, another, one of the other ones you can't trust. Yeah. They say that it's, it's, uh, also goes by the name Yervoy, Y-E-R-V-O-Y. So anybody, you know, and, and, and I have cancer survivors in my family as well. Anybody who, um, you know, according to Neil, and at least according to what we've heard so far, this sounds like something that people should look into. Now, let's talk about. You'd mentioned <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. You'd mentioned, um, you know, how do you the 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 sugar aspect of it, and how you know uh, basically big pharma is in the industry. The easiest way to put it is big pharma is in the industry of keeping us sick, keeping us dependent right. on. Ongoing treatments, keeping us dependent on pills. There's a, if you really want to take it all the way back to the Rockefeller Foundation and all that stuff, there's a reason why holistic medication is, uh, holistic medicine in general, holistic style healing and, you know, natural style healing is so panned by doctors and then you can take it all the way back. To the beginning when it's like, oh, you know, we can, we can make a whole lot of money and have a whole lot of control over people. If we keep them medicated, if we keep, you know, dealing with the symptoms instead of going for the underlying cause. And you'd mentioned, uh, the, I believe you said it was the keto diet. Is that correct? You were referring to, to, to uh, the yeah, keto the, diet? The keto diet is restricted to fats and proteins and no sugars or carbohydrates, anything that the body can convert into sugar. That's because a cancer cell cannot live without sugar in the bloodstream. And a healthy right. cell can. A healthy cell can metabolize fat for energy, but a cancer cell can't do that. It has to have sugar. And it's not just cancer, and by the way. Problem. It's right. not just cancer. It is. All deaths on the planet are due to sugar. That's all your cancers and all your heart disease. Yeah, as I'm sitting here, I'm drinking my my water that has um, no sugar, but it does have it does have um, uh, certain minerals in it. I, I use this this water you put in the little packet and it gives you your sodium and your magnesium and all that stuff. And I've got my coffee. I make my coffee with, uh, when I'm not drinking bulletproof coffee, I drink um, espresso mixed with heavy cream. And people are like, oh my gosh, you use heavy cream. Isn't that so fatty? And I'm like, yes, it is. But it has no carbohydrates. You know, milk has carbohydrates. Right. Milk has sugar. But my heavy cream does not. And as I sit here and I'm looking at my, <laughs> this is all on my desk. It's funny. People will say, oh, you know, how do you, how, how do you uh, go through if you don't eat too many meals? Because I don't eat a lot of meals. What I do, unfortunately, and this is, this is a bad thing, but it's for a good cause. I eat high fat and uh, moderate protein, zero carb, zero sugar 
snacks, such as salted egg salmon skins. I'm looking at a bag right now, Neil. I'm looking at a bag of salted egg salmon skins, which, you know, if you listen to the government, they would say, oh my gosh, that has like all of this, all of this fat. It's got, it's got like, like, uh, uh, all of this protein and it's got all this cholesterol and it's going to kill you. And it's not, you know why? Because I'm on ketosis. I have ketones in my bloodstream. I am, I, it makes me mentally clear. And this is, and keep in mind folks, I don't have a keto sponsor <laughs> and Neil is not a plant. I can already tell you, he's definitely not a plant from the keto industry. He's just trying to save your life by telling you, Get off of sugars. Reduce your carbs to almost none. Stop eating white bread. Stop eating all that rice. Stop eating eating a Snickers bar. Eat high-quality fats. Eat, eat strong, natural proteins. And whatever ailments you have, chances are, and I'm not a doctor, so nobody sue me for medical advice, but... But uh, this will make you feel better. It will make you stronger. It should, Lord willing, make you live longer. I think that's a that's an important message, wouldn't you agree, Neil? Oh yeah, absolutely. And but most people, I mean, we've had people in our own church die because they wouldn't listen. You know, they we died by soda pop. And I keep telling them, I've got it. The church secretary right now, I'm on her case every day. You know, complaining about her aches and pains and, and all this. I said, and maybe it'd have something to do with the soda pop you're drinking every day. <laughs> you know, our last mm-hmm. secretary died from soda pop. You know, just wouldn't listen. You know, they just, they get addicted to that stuff and sugar is addictive. You know, it's, there's no two ways about it. But yeah. you've got to be strong enough and have enough self-discipline just to quit it. You know, stop it. The it's hardest like, one for me. going to kill you, but. The hardest one for me, Neil, and is I grew up. Look, I used to live in in on Long Island, so I grew up a good chunk of what I ate because all because at least half of my friends were Italian. So I would go to their homes and I would have have their mothers would make me pasta, baked ziti, um, homemade pizza. Then of course I'd go to the pizza parlors there, and we would have, you know, back in the days, you could get a, a juicy, delicious slice of New York pizza, huge piece for like a buck fifty, and I, pasta was always the hardest for me. I can, I can go without the sushi. I can do sashimi, right? I can go without, without sugar, because I've never really had a sweet tooth. I haven't had a soda since like 2019, but the pasta, that's the part that gets me. And to be fair, the other pastas too, like lo mein. Ah, oh, I love lo mein. Man. Uh, but if you can get over those cravings, if you could start eating healthy and start eating high, and when we say high fat, we're talking about high quality fats, not just any old fat. You know, don't go out and, and, uh, drink canola oil. That'll kill you too for different reasons. You know, eat high quality organic natural fats, you know, MCT oil, butter, uh, you know, the meat fats, olive meat oil. fats are, are not bad for you. Olive oil is fantastic for you. Okay. Eat all that stuff. Eat moderate amounts of protein. Get off the carbs and your inflammation will go down. You know, diseases will be cured and your mind will be sharper 
Because it's funny because ketosis, I don't know if you're familiar with the history of ketosis, but it was initially, you know, they, they were using it, they, they were experimenting with it to, to try to help with epilepsy, especially with, with children who had, um, epileptic seizures. And then they discovered that maybe, just maybe, it could help with dementia and even Alzheimer's. And there's this, this, uh, prevailing theory that whenever you see Joe Biden sort of sound like he, he's almost kind of partially there, that's because they've they've stuck him with a bunch of ketones, which have then gone to his brain and kind of woken him back up. Because uh, again, that's a theory, but there's there's a lot of good evidence that say that uh, when they need him to to not sound completely lost, they 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 stick him with ketones, and that's where he's he's able to sound semi lucid. What else you got, Neil? Well, that's uh, that's the main thing for now is uh, try to help people get healthy and. And get uh, get over this cancer, you know, cancer garbage, you know, with the cancer uh, treatment industry. That's the, that's the main thing. Hundred percent. Well, I, I will I was, do. I was, my I'll keep my going. dad was a chiropractor, so I grew up. I grew up as a, you know, kind of kind of healthy. You know, we we wanted something sweet. We ate fruit. We wanted a whole lot of candy in our in our lives growing up, and you know, so I never had a sweet tooth either, and. And I grew up working for Italians. So I worked at a printing company that was run by Italians. And they, uh, so I know what you mean about the pasta and all the, all the great, uh, things they make. But, uh, but this, this, you know, uh, what they're doing to people in this country, you have to keep, you know, the money flowing is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And sugar is the easiest way. Sugar is carbs. That's the easiest way. And then keeping people off of natural medicines. That's the easiest way for Big Pharma and the Rockefeller Foundation and the powers that be to do two things. Number one, make a tremendous amount of profit. Number two, have what's essentially a kill switch that they can use whenever, whenever the powers that be, the powers and principalities, the, the globalist elite cabal, whatever you want to call them, whenever they're ready to say, okay, we're done. We're done with America. Then they've got, they got us injected and eating kill switches right. that will that will take this nation down i p i l i u m u m a b no 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 it's no i p i yeah i p i did i say it l i no that's in what you said but it's i p i it's i p i l i ippy lee lie ippy lie m u m a b you got it spelled out that way Got it. Ipilimumab. Ipilimumab. Okay. Ipilimumab. Whatever. Just what he said. What Neil said. Check it out. I will do my research, <laughs> right. and I will talk more about it now, on a future show. Two, I, okay. Well, I found two websites where they talk about it, but they don't give you a source. They don't give anybody using treatment. They don't give you a way to, to get that treatment. But they do talk about it. One, I think, is a, like a dumb website, and one is a you know drug industry website. So, awesome. All right. Well, God bless you, yeah. Neil. Thank you, you for the call. The incredible stuff. Another topic. There's another the difference between using hard coin to make the purchases, you know, and using Federal Reserve notes. I don't know how much you, you've covered on that, but Federal, if you use a Federal Reserve note, anything you acquire belongs to the Federal Reserve because it's their note. But if you use the government-issued coin, you know, the $1 coin, it doesn't belong to them. 
and you cash all your checks, you put on the back cash and coin before you sign it. And then if the IRS tries to use it against you, they can't because you just tell the judge, flip it over to the backside, judge. I cash that check and coin. I don't use Federal Reserve notes. I'm not, I'm not obligated under the Foreign Agency Registration Act to pay a tax to the Federal Reserve because I'm not using their notes. One of these days, and I'll, I'll say this for <laughs> next week. Next week, let's get you back on, Neil, to talk about that because we are going to be talking about Currencies in general, we're going to be talking about central bank digital currencies, digital dollar. We're going to be talking about the, the federal notes. We'll be talking about coins. We'll be talking about cryptocurrency and gold and silver. I'm going to have a show where essentially that's that's what we're going to be talking about pretty much across the board. So I'd love to have you call in for that as well. Thank you for calling today, okay, though. Great. Very, very informative stuff. And I'm not going to try to I, – I was going to end it by, by – uh, uh, trying to pronounce it again, but I already forgot. I, I don't know. I've got a mental block. I need more ketones, I guess, because I have a problem pronouncing medicines. It's not na- like names. Okay, I'm great with names or other other big words. I'm great with big words, but for whatever reason, it's you know, maybe it's because I have this natural aversion to anything that's produced by big tech, right? I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe I just, I just don't like big tech, and I'm not, not big tech. Sorry, big pharma. Maybe my my, it's a defense mechanism, so I don't have to say uh, some of their products. But this one, according to Neil, and again, I'm not vouching for it. I'm just going to, I will do my own research first and determine if he is correct. And if he is, then I will talk about it. Oh, maybe even Monday or Tuesday, we will talk about this word, and I will practice. I will practice long and hard on pronouncing ipilimumab. Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know why. What what is it about words in big pharma that that prevent me from being able to say it? It's a mental block of some sort. Great call there. Thank you so much, Neil. Eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight. Call into the JD Rucker Show. Back to this article from Salon. For those who don't know, Salon is, again, very, 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 very far left. They they take it to the extreme. And in this case, their article titled, Salon Writer Equates Hamas with Republican Christians, uh, Republicans, Christians, and Trump Supporters. This is by Eric Utter over at American Thinker. It says, Salon, which is to news and opinion as porta potties are to lavatories. I like that. That's great. Proved unable to wait even one full week after Hamas terrorists massacred thousands of Israelis and at least 33 Americans before reminding the twisted souls who read the rag that Christians, Republicans, are the real threat to the planet's roughly 8 billion people. It's us. It's you. You know, forget about Hamas. Forget about terrorists. Forget about, about you know, those people that are out there kidnapping, beating, raping, and murdering innocent civilians. Forget about those people. No, it's the MAGAs. It's those MAGA people. They're the ones that are that are out there. Uh, it was on October 12th that this article, this far-left repository of Radical Refuse, uh, published an unhinged polemic by former White House correspondent Brian Karam. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not shocking. Because they, they do tend to put the worst possible people as White House correspondents in these leftist rags. Asserting that the Republican Party and Hamas are both terrorist groups and any difference is just a matter of degree. Huh. Huh. So in other words, if we just take it up a notch, 
if you're a Republican or a conservative or an America first patriot or a libertarian or anybody that doesn't abide by the radical leftist agenda, then you are just one or two notches away from going out and, and beating, kidnapping, raping, or murdering your neighbors. That's what they think of you. They really do think of of you like that, by the way. This isn't like like hyperbole. This isn't somebody out there just trying to put out a, a shocking headline to, to rally the left, you know, in a symbolic, oh, yes, that's probably quite true. No, they actually think that. They are actually terrified of you. If you're wearing, and we saw it, you know, shortly after the 2016 election, we saw people, you know, somebody with a MAGA hat, oh, my gosh, watch that person, beat that person up. Steal that hat. Make that person go away. That person should not be part of a civilized society. That person is a threat. We saw it with the FBI targeting parents, grandparents, going to school boards. Why? Why did they go to the school boards? Because they wanted to make sure that their kids weren't being indoctrinated into into critical race theory. They wanted to make sure their kids weren't being exposed to pornography. These are standard Standard desires, wishes, and goals of a parent who who gives their kids over to the system for X amount of hours per day, five days a week. They should say, hey, you know, we're the parent. You're, you're supposed to teach them about math, about reading, about history, and not the, the fake history that is currently being taught, about actual, real American and world history. That is the expectation. They were going to school boards to express that, and yet the FBI started following them. The weaponized FBI started thinking that they, and and treating them as the real threat. How many times have we heard about terrorist attacks at school board meetings here in the United States of America? How many times have we heard of of people being, being beaten, kidnapped, raped, or murdered at school board meetings? We haven't, because it's it's absolutely ludicrous to compare the terrorists of Hamas to Republicans, Christians, Trump supporters. Now, does that, does that mean that there are no Republicans or Christians, so-called Christians, or Trump supporters who would kidnap, beat people, murder, or kill? No, of course there are. It's, there are humans out there, regardless of their claimed ideology, their claimed religion, their claimed their claimed uh, political stance. There are people out there that are going to do stupid things. There are people out there who are mentally ill. We had that recently. We had one. I forgot who. I don't. Even, I don't remember the details. But there was recently one of those quote unquote mass shootings where the person had expressed some pro Trump views on social media, right? And it's, it's not very often that you see this. Generally speaking, they don't like Trump, okay? But there was one that was uh, within the last few months where that happened, and of course, media jumped all over it and blamed him, and and that was a you know, oh my gosh, see, see, we told you. <laughs> After a string of of uh, radical leftists committing terrorist domestic terrorist acts here in the United States, they finally found one. They finally found that that mega guy, and that, and he got more. T- I wish I remembered who it was. He got more media attention than pretty much any of the other recent mass shooters combined. That's that's how it works. And this is all part of the indoctrination agenda. Why do they need to indoctrinate the masses? So that they can control them. Why do they need to control them? Because they're going to be depopulating parts of us, many of us. Probably many of you listening to this show right now, you're, you're a target. 
if you didn't get the jabs, if you if you believe in voter that voter fraud stole recent elections, if you believe in freedom, then you're a target. You're a threat to their agenda. They 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 will claim that you're a threat to democracy. They will claim that you're a threat to America, but in reality, you're just a threat to their agenda. And here's the other thing to keep in mind as you take all that into consideration. Many on the radical left, and we might as well just say the left because the radical left and the left, there's really, it's hard to differentiate. There was a time when there was a huge gap between like, like AOC and, uh, you know, whoever, uh, Joe Manchin, right? Those days are, are kind of fading away. The people that could support Joe Manchin and his relatively moderate Democrat stance, I, I shouldn't even say moderate, his old school Democrat stance, because he did, you know, what he represented you know, mainstream Democrats just a, a decade and a half ago. Like his ideas, that's, you see, people forget Joe Biden used to be very much opposed to any any uh, illegal immigration. He was. He, he was a border hawk at one point, believe it or not. You know, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both ran when they were running running in 2008. They both claimed that marriage was between a man and a woman. It has not been that long since this massive shift. When I moved to California, okay, when I moved to California, it had a Republican governor and the people of California had just voted against gay marriage. Both of those concepts, after, what, 15 years, both of those concepts are now impossible. That could never happen. I mean, not here in, in California, which is one of the reasons why, as soon as I can, we're out of here. <laughs> I love the weather, okay? I really do love the weather, and that's about it. Every other aspect of California has been lost on me. All of the the things that were once wonderful about this state are gone, other than the weather. And the weather is just not enough for me to continue to pay stupid amounts of money for silly things. It's not enough for me to be surrounded by people who hate me ideologically. It's, 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 it, I shouldn't be concerned about what, what the, uh, a doctor or a teacher might say about me or my children. And yet I am, I am concerned about that. And that's, that's just not the way to live. And we are, granted, based upon circumstances, we're stuck here for a little bit longer, but hopefully for not that much longer. This next story comes from pjmedia.com. Stacy Lennox. Stacy Lennox, for those who don't know, is, yeah, I, I've spoken to Stacy a few times. She is, um, she has, she, in many ways, she's like me. She is not scared to speak the truth, no matter what it is, even if it's going to make some of her fellow conservatives mad, she will say the truth. In this case, this one's not a controversial one, but this is a uh, one of those stories that I think people need to hear. It's titled, The Rapidly Declining ROI of a Four-Year Degree. And this is not new by any means, okay? This, the, this has been the case for a long time. And no, this is not a pitch for you if you're a parent or maybe you're a student. Maybe we have some of you young people out there. I'm not saying, oh, don't go to college. Don't go to college. Um, for many of you, maybe that is the best. The best thing is to not go to college. And it has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do. It has to do with life choices. It has to do with what you want to do. And we're, we found that 
especially in recent years, that getting a four-year degree does not equate to the same, because there was a time not too long ago when a four-year degree or even a master's degree or a PhD, they could, they could deliver to you open doors for the recipient uh, in ways that, that just weren't possible with a less than four-year degree or, or no degree at all. According to the article, in a wake-up call for higher education, an October survey found that small businesses are increasingly dissatisfied with the pool of college graduates, and many are no longer interested in hiring new grads with a four-year degree. The Freedom Economy Index, a joint project of Public Square and RedBalloon.Work, found employer, employers have uh, issues with the work ethic college students display as well as the quality of their preparation for the workforce. Before I get any further, there was a viral video that came out. Um, I don't know how old it is, but it at least resurfaced the other day. Maybe it's new, maybe it's not. You never know when you see it online. But this video had six people, okay? And these six people took an IQ test. And uh, then, but before they reveal the results of the IQ test, they ask all six people to rank themselves, rank, rank the six people in order of who they thought had scored the highest versus the lowest. And they had this guy, he was like 20 years old, is in the military, you know, I'll admit, he did look kind of dopey. And, you know, he was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He didn't didn't sound super brilliant. And then you had this 30-year-old lady. Uh, she's like, she's like, well, you know, I've got my, my PhD. I work for a pharmaceutical company. Yes, I think I'm very brilliant. And, I mean, it was just like, holy cow. And then they actually were – so they, they ranked them based upon what the people thought or what those six people thought of themselves and the people that were around them. And this guy was number six, the, the 20-year-old. He was obviously the last one in the group. They thought everybody thought he was going to be the dumbest. And it turns out he was the third smartest. His IQ was like 132. And of course, the pretentious PhD lady who was sitting there, I mean, and if you would have heard her, you would have been laughing. Yeah, I literally laughed when I saw that she was number six. She, after the, the test results were revealed, I mean, I, it was so awkward. I, she, she just sat there. She didn't, she didn't grimace. She didn't cry or anything like that. And they, I, maybe she did later in the video, but I'm thinking to myself, Oh my gosh, how embarrassing is it for her? And especially knowing that now this video is going viral. So all of her colleagues, anybody she works with at this place, you know, they, they know and they'll tell her, Oh, it's just an IQ test. You know, it's, they, they mean nothing. But then behind her back, they're saying, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> she thought that she was the smartest or she thought that she was the second smartest out of the group of six. She ranked herself number two and she was number six and she got beat out by the guy that she sat there and insulted and said, look, no offense, but you know, I've got a PhD. <laughs> I got a PhD and you're like a, some army, army thug. You don't know nothing. Your, your IQ has got to be lower. And his, he outscored her by like 20 points. It was, it was, it was very fulfilling. Anyway, back to the article. We've gone on a lot of tangents today. I will try to to rein it in before the next show. Back to the article, and this is a core, uh, an observation from Andrew uh, Krapachets, and that is, I am not butchering that name. That is actually uh, that's actually the name, Krapachets. Krapachets. Anyway, Red Balloon CEO, he says the the uh, free market lacks confidence in a higher education system that has shifted its focus from academics to work subjects like or woke subjects like DEI. This is an eye opener for high school grads considering a four year degree and student loan debt. 
Then when asked, this is back to the article, when asked if colleges and universities are graduating students with the relevant skills required by the business community, 67%, so two-thirds, of small business owners responded with a resounding strongly no. Strongly no. When asked if they were more or less likely to consider a job seeker from a major college or university, 41% said it makes them less likely to hire the candidate. Another 42% said it made no difference. In other words, you do the math there, that means that only, what, what 17%? See, I went to school. Only 17% thought that it was a good thing, that that they they were more likely to hire somebody with with a college degree. We know what colleges have become. And it wasn't, you know, we've known this since before the, you know, free Palestine wokeness. It's, it's so funny because I get these people that will talk to me, you know, oh, you know, the Palestinians are the persecuted ones. And these are conservatives. You know, the Palestinians are the conservative or are, are the, are the persecuted ones. And, and, you know, you don't even know if Israel really got attacked and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, you know, who are you aligning with? You're aligning with, with, College students and college professors. You're aligning with radical Islamic terrorists. You're aligning with what's now quickly becoming the Democrats. You know, right after the event, of course, right after October 7th, you know, Biden and pretty much every politician outside of Rashida Tlaib and, uh, and, uh, uh, Elon Omar, they were adamantly opposed. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is horrible. We stand by Israel. We stand by Israel. Everybody's like, Oh, we stand by Israel. But now we're seeing after a month, Hey, you know, they're starting to finally be able to, to safely pull back, these being the Democrats. You know, there's an article over at Axios right now, Biden in rare criticism of Bibi, which is not true. He's been critical of, of Netanyahu from the beginning. But according to Axios, in rare criticism of Bibi, says pause in Gaza fighting should have come sooner. Wow. Again, less than a month ago, the Biden-Harris regime was saying that they – they stand by Israel, you know, pretty much no matter what. And you had, you had people going over there. You even had, I mean, what, a week ago, Blinken was saying, you know, there should be no ceasefire. We've got to eliminate Hamas. Well, everything's changing now. Everything's changing. It seems as if the entirety of the Biden-Harris regime and approximately 50%, we'll say, we'll say 40% of the stage, approximately 40% of members of on Capitol Hill have switched from being behind Israel to all of a sudden they're calling for ceasefires. They're saying that it's too much within a month. It won't, I don't think it'll take a month with, but within a month you will see the vast majority of these Democrats suddenly opposing Israel. I'm not just talking about saying, Oh, we need a ceasefire. I'm saying they will suddenly be like, Nope, you, you guys have taken it too far. You need to stop now. They will get much more militant, much more aggressive. And eventually it will shift to a free Palestine movement. And here's the end game, folks, for those who, who don't know. The end game will come when Biden or whoever, probably not Biden, um, almost certainly not Biden, but somebody is supposed to come along and say, we need to finally have the two-state solution. And we, we, we can guarantee security. This is how they'll sell it. We can guarantee security. We will put troops to separate you. We will make certain that, that these two states get along. We will be the referee. We will, you will, if you want to get to each other, you'll have to go through us and you don't want to try to go through us. And yes, it will probably be the United States that is directly involved 
our troops, our military, our dollars that are directly involved in promoting and installing a permanent two-state solution or what they think is a permanent two-state solution. That's when we get into peace treaties. That's where we get into global turmoil. This is a solution. This is, this is a quote-unquote solution to a problem that should never have existed, a problem that many of us, including me, can argue was directly manufactured to get to this point. I say, you know, look, I am, I am fully in support of destroying Hamas, fully in support of Israel's right to defend itself, fully in support because I know what would have happened if it was my family. I know what I would have wanted if my family was the one that was in a kibbutz getting murdered, raped, kidnapped. I know how I would want to react. And people out there can say, oh, but, you know, it needs to be more measured. I don't want to even go down that road and talk about that. Hamas needs to be destroyed. You know, who created Hamas? Unfortunately, in many ways, it was Israel. Israel created Hamas. That's not conspiracy theory. That's reality. Israel contributed to the formation of Hamas in opposition to other other Islamic groups, by the way. That's why, you know, what their reasoning wasn't, you know, very similar to how the United States had helped create Al Qaeda, had helped, you know, I mean, I mean, you've got, you got Osama bin Laden who was working with the CIA back in like, what, 70s, 80s? This is what happens, folks. And yes, Hamas was a creation of, of Israel. It's not, again, this is, this is factual. It's, look it up. It's demonstrable. It's the truth. It's not conspiracy theory. It is conspiracy, but it's not cons- conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy fact. It happened. And, that, and does that mean they shouldn't, they don't have the right to go take them out? No, of course they do. <laughs> Just like we had the right to take out ISIS. Just like, well, not ISIS per se. That's a different situation. Sorry. Uh, just like we had the right to take out Osama bin Laden. Now, does that mean, oh, you must have supported the invasion of Iraq? No, of course not. Why would I have supported the invasion of Iraq? Osama bin Laden and now Qaeda weren't there. There were minor, minor aspects of, of that. That was a totally different, that's, uh, don't get me started. I didn't want to see, I wasn't Don. You weren't supposed to let me talk about, uh, how did I get into the middle East? I'm sitting here talking about a story about education. And then I go and, and go off on, on that, that tangent. The point I'm trying to get at is <laughs> the point I'm trying to get at is that, Yes, there is a reason. We've seen what's happening at college campuses. They're getting indoctrinated. They have been getting indoctrinated for years. I don't know if it's been decades. I mean, there was leftism was definitely creeping in way back when, but I don't think it's been like three decades. Maybe it has been. Maybe I'm, I'm delusional. But I remember when I went to college, like I was in college conservatives, or I'm sorry, college Republicans rather. And it seemed as if to me that there was no like, like it wasn't so radical there. Maybe I was, maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I didn't notice, but now it seems as if, if you go to college, if you're a college student, you go to college, then you're going to get about 20% education and 80% indoctrination, 20% education, 80% indoctrination. And I'm being generous when I say the colleges are 20% education. So moral of the story, I don't want to hire a recent college grad. I don't. 
Unless they can demonstrate to me that they're not indoctrinated, I don't care if they're they they don't have to be like like oh you know I'm a I'm a mega hat wearing America first. I don't I don't care. I want them to be neutral. I want them to be able to do their job. Okay, this is what it comes down to. I want them to be able to do their job without letting their politics or cultural biases influence how they do their job. That's it. And unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. You can't say that that's the case anymore. We got Robert on line one. Robert, did you want to talk today about Ritz crackers or did you have something else in mind? <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about the SS Liberty. Did you ever hear? Ah, about yes, of course. Now, now we're, please tell, <laughs> explain it. Everybody needs to know about this. This is very important. Tell the story of the SS Liberty. It was a spy ship. One of our spy ships was over there looking at what was going on when Israel was fighting one of its wars over there with the whoever. And uh, basically, Israel Israel knew it was our ship. It was flying our flag. And they bombed it and torpedoed it and machine gunned the heck out of it for hours. And they basically, the our army, I guess, called Johnson. And he said, I want to see, President Johnson, he said, I want to see that ship at the bottom of the GD Ocean. So what is up with that, that they knew Israel attacked our ship? If another country attacked one of our ships, we'd be at war with them, but they let them get away with that. You knew about that, right? Oh, absolutely. So so the the idea there, this was during during the, the I believe it was the seven day the not uh, the uh, the Yom Kippur War. And Israel's getting hit from all sides, Egypt in particular. And so what they were planning to do, what they hoped to do, was to sink the USS Liberty and to be able to blame be able to blame Egypt. But the only way that they could yeah. possibly do yeah. that is if they were able to to eliminate all evidence. And, of course, they were not able to, and so the truth came out. This was a huge embarrassment, not just to Israel, but also to the United States, because it was clear that the United States knew what was going to happen. Otherwise, there there was no way to justify them covering it up. They should have been able to say, hey, you guys screwed up. At the very least, you owe us big time. Instead, they tried to cover it up because they didn't want the sentiment to turn against Israel. So we have we have that that scenario. And there's been this. It's not the first time this has happened. And this is why when people ask me, you know, you you support Israel, but you think that Israel and the United States participated in the Hamas invasion on October seven, I tell you this. I say, look at the facts. This is the most heavily guarded, both technologically and through manpower, the most heavily guarded border in the world. If a rabbit scoots along the fence, that rabbit gets investigated with many, many guns pointed at it to make sure that it really is just a rabbit. They have sensors that go underground. But for whatever reason, the day before, you had almost 90% of the military that always surrounds Gaza. The Israeli military that's there, all of a sudden they got intelligence that said, hey, maybe you guys should go to the other side of the country. Go go to the West Bank because we think something's going to happen there. And again, keeping in mind that this is the intelligence agency that is arguably more sophisticated. Some will say they actually have better technology and better tactics than our intelligence agencies that we at least at the very least we work together to create this yeah, we whole do work you know, together. Yeah, we work together yeah, to create this, this net. 
We know, we know things, right? And you're telling me that common terrorists with motorcycles and, 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 and boat cutters were able to breach at 29 different spots, go into these kibbutzes and not have a response in a, in a country the size of, Israel, of, of New Jersey. They didn't have a military or police response for six to eight hours. I'm not buying that. I'm not. It, se- it seems like they let it happen on purpose, and I can't understand why unless they want a war. Have you ever heard of Purim before? Yeah. The Jewish, that's when they celebrated. When they, they, they tried to get the king to kill all the Jews, and they built scaffolds to hang them on, and Esther went in before the king and risked getting her head chopped off, and basically they then they they murdered all the people that were involved in the uh in the conspiracy to get the Jews killed but the deal is that Israel still celebrates Purim today and I don't know what's going on with them I just don't trust them there's a movie you can get called Missing Links have you ever seen that before no it's it goes into detail about all the dual Israeli American citizens in our government, and it, it, it was when it was made around the time when Bush used the excuse that 9/11 was Iraq's fault to invade Iraq, and our, Iraq had nothing to do with that at all. He used that to go into the into Afghanistan and Iraq, and pretty much steal the oil from Iraq. That's what you know. We still have bases in Iraq now, and the thing is, did you are you aware that they just found? Huge gas and oil deposits under Gaza. Oh yeah. Well, now let's be clear. They did, Robert. Hold on before you before you get on that road. Let's be clear. These those are two separate things. This is this war. We want to because I'm with you. Okay, but we cannot distract from the real goal here. This says Gaza has nothing to do with oil. I can assure you of that. Nothing to do with natural gas. That's a that's a, a separate concept. They've got they they have their their tentacles around plenty of oil and natural gas. That's not the goal here. The goal, in my humble opinion, is to force this war so that, because the two-state solution is not popular in Israel. But here's the thing. If you have war, if you have enemies on all sides, and if you have international pressure saying we need a two-state solution, then somebody like Netanyahu, then somebody like the, uh, a group like the Knesset can go to the people and say, Let's go. We want peace. We've had enough of this stupid war. Let's just give them the two-state solution, and the people will embrace it. This will be the treaty, in my humble opinion. Again, I, I, I'm not basing this on facts. This is just extrapolation of the events and trying to understand why they would allow this invasion to happen, this terrorist attack to happen. And to me, it comes down to the, the formation of the two-state solution. So anyway, keep going. I hope that they do reach some some type of peace deal because I think that uh, basically the, Israel's killing too many civilians. I mean, uh, let's say let's say I don't even know the number for sure. Let's say fourteen hundred people were killed in the so-called terrorist attack, whatever that was. And but now there's been over ten thousand Palestinians killed. And I just think it's just it's just horrendous. I I mean, you're not supposed to. It's a war crime to kill civilians. Do you know that we use depleted uranium? Do you know what that is? Yes. It's an indiscriminate killer. We used it to wipe out Saddam's troops on the way back from Kuwait. Bush and the older, the older Bush told him, if you guys leave Kuwait, 
And they used the same story there that Saddam's troops were throwing babies up and sticking them on bayonets, which wasn't true. It was the, the woman that told that was like the ambassador or some high-ranking uh, Kuwaiti uh, woman. So it was a made-up story. But they used depleted uranium when Saddam left Kuwait. We wiped out his almost his entire tank army. I have pictures of them on the road, burnt alive with depleted uranium. When depleted uranium comes out of the tank barrel or whatever, 50 caliber and up, we use it in all kinds of stuff, it bursts into flames, and when it blows up, it puts uh, radioactive particles everywhere, and it will basically burn holes through tanks and everything. And we cook those people alive. I don't know what you think about the bushes, but I believe that the bushes are skull and bones demons. I don't know. What, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bohemian Grove or Skull and Bones. Have you ever, do you have any opinion on that? Yes. So my opinion of the Bushes is, is that they are amongst the leaders, the elites within the Uniparty swamp, which is beholden to the globalist elite cabal, and that they are uh, one of the top families involved there. As far as Skull and Bones, yes, he and John Kerry, they had they hedged their bets. They didn't know which way that, that it was going to go, and at the time we were still using uh, paper ballots, so they couldn't easily – Rigged the election, so they figured, hey, we got to get we got to get our guy in there. Do we do we want uh, who do we want going up against Bush? Let's get Kerry in there. He's skull and bones too. Let's just get them both in there. And as far as Bohemian Grove, yes, that the the entirety Bohemian Grove is two things. Number one, it is a ritual. It is a ritual through which, and this is just from what we've seen uh, through investigations. We don't even know what goes on behind the scenes, but we do know that the people that go to Bohemian Grove, these people are. The, the, there is there is blood sacrifice that happens. There are people are 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 forced. And I say forced. They, they do it willingly because of what they're promised as a result. But they go through this this ritual in order to essentially retain power and to be part of the the elite group. And these are people that that they you know people that are walking amongst you. If you're well, if you're in a country club, they're probably walking amongst you. These are very evil and they, powerful people. They do the- they do the cremation of care ceremony. Listen, write this down. Mm-hmm. Get this book, The Franklin Cover-Up. <laughs> write it down. Have you ever read the book, The Franklin Cover-Up? I have not, but I'm writing it down. Well, typing it out. Read it. I'm Cover telling up. you, it, it tells you exactly what happened in Bohemian Grove, and you're not going to like what you figure out. If you can't get it, I'll give you one. I have the best library you've ever seen of so-called conspiracy theory stuff. I've got so much stuff. If you would come here, I doubt if you ever would. I'll I'll just give you stuff. I'll give you all kinds of stuff that will really open your eyes to what's going on. I think you're already aware because you seem to believe in a lot of so-called conspiracy theories. I call them conspiracy facts, pretty much, a lot of them. I know some of the stuff is bunk, but this stuff, the, the world is run by a bunch of Luciferians. Those people out in Bohemian Grove... I believe that they do sacrifice people out there. And when you read that book, you'll figure out what's up. I will. We got one minute left. Um, and, and for those who it's called the Franklin cover up, it's by John W. DeCamp. The subtitle, this will get you. The subtitle is child abuse, Satanism and murder in Nebraska. And I've always said this from, for, for, for many, many years, always be careful with Nebraska. But Robert is from Missouri. So Robert, I have one final question. We got 30 seconds left. I've got to know, which do you prefer between Ritz crackers and townhouse crackers? I, I like Ritz to tell you the truth, but I, right. I'm, I'm a, I was an organic farmer, so I really don't 
I try not to eat junk food, but I still do. <laughs> if you will, Robert, do me a favor because I will probably take you up on your offer. Give me a sh- give me a shout out over at go to jdrucker.com slash talk. That will uh, get directly to me. And let's let's continue this conversation offline because I think I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So so jdrucker.com slash talk and that will that email that you'll send will go directly to me. Thank you for being on. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, y'all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless.